You know, the, the way the Lord lines things up is really cool because uh, I started this Stories of Faith. We've been doing things that it's about everybody has a story. Uh, all through uh, Love Stories, now Stories of Faith uh, throughout the year. And we're going to continue that unless the Lord says something different. And so I started in Hebrews 11, and I just kind of started looking how they started lining up because we've been going right down the list. And Brother Ed did a great job last week. Come on, let's give it up, Brother Ed. Speaking on Abraham, and I knew he would like to do that. He loves that. And so today, it follows up with, with his, Abraham's wife, Sarah, or Sarai, and then became Sarah. So we're going to look at that briefly this morning. I don't want to keep you that long because I know most of you have plans to take your mom out and wine and dine her. No wine, just dine. <laughs> Iced tea and, and dining or whatever. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 11. We're going to start there, and then we're going to do the backstory like we've been doing every time. I, has this been interesting to y'all to go back to the Old Testament and see the, from these heroes of faith? And so we're going to start in Hebrews 11. Now, verse 11. Now, Hebrews 11, 11, I want to break it down to three parts. Now, Brother Ed already covered Abraham, so we'll touch on that just a bit because they went together, of course. And so we're going to start with verse 11, just the very first part of verse 11. It says, by faith, say by faith. Everything we do, guys, in the Spirit, it's by faith, right? It says, By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Now, before we get any further than that, we need to look at the definition of faith, and we have to go back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, what was Sarah hoping for? She was hoping for a child. She was barren. Now, back then, and it was, it was kind of a blight on your family if you couldn't have children. I mean, that was, that was the whole thing. You got to have somebody to pass. And, and, and very important that you had a, a son because so you could have passed on that name and that lineage. So Sarah, had, she, wanted, she wanted a child, desperately wanted a child, but she was way past the age of childbearing. And so faith comes into the, into the picture. So now let's, do, let's look at the backstory. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, and we're not going to, listen, we can't cover this all. We can't cover the times when, when uh, Abraham says she's my sister, you know, to protect her. We can't cover the ta- time about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. We can't do that. So we're going to focus on Sarah this morning, but we have to look at the promise that God gave Abraham because she was a part of that promise. Verses 1 through 3, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families, say all the families. All the families families of the earth shall be blessed. Guess what? We're all of the families. Did you know you're of the seed of Abraham? Did you know that? You're the lineage of Abraham this morning. It's pretty cool. It's pretty important that we know that we see we're in the Scripture way back in Genesis. It wasn't just about the Jews. It was about all of mankind. So some of you this morning, I want, to, I want to point out a couple of things in this, this first passage, and we'll move on very quickly. Some of you, I, God put this on my heart, you will never walk in faith as long as you're holding on to things that you need to remove yourself from. Because look at this. What, what did God say to Abram? You need to what? Get out of your country. That was a big deal. Then he said, get away from your family. Woo, that's a tough one. And from your father's house. 
See, some of you are still clinging to some things and God has called you to move on and go to this place that you don't know where you're going, but you can't get there because you're still holding on to stuff. You're holding on to your past. You're holding on to family. You're holding on to a job. You're holding on to what somebody else has dictated that your life should look like. Does that make sense this morning? So you can't walk. See, he could not have accomplished the promise that God gave him until he was willing to leave everything that he knew. Everything that he had security in. Everything that he had that he held dear. He had to leave all those things. So here we have God's promise to Abraham. And not Sarah here, but this was to Abraham. Now, in this promise, you may assume that when God says you're going to... All the families are going to come from you. And, and Sarah, you may assume that Abraham had a supernatural thought that, oh, Sarah, I know she's barren, but she's going to have a child by me. We're going we're gonna to see, we're going to populate the earth because God's going to do something. But listen, God didn't say that here. See, the, have you ever known that God didn't always tell you the whole thing at once? How many can I, can I get a witness? Sometimes he just shares a little bit so you'll step into that little bit before he can give you the more. And so Abraham was, he was sharing some things with Abraham, and Abraham, okay, okay. And you know, it says in Hebrews, and I think Brother Ed read this last week, that he went when he didn't know where he was going. Okay? So now let's, let's go to Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll skip to verse 4. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, Abraham's wife had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. No kin to Sammy. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist. So, so, I don't know, they might be related. So Sarah said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah, like, okay, <laughs> I don't and, and so he went into Hagar, verse 4. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw, this is when Sarah saw that she had conceived, Hagar, Hagar had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Now, you've got to know, this is really easy to preach right here. How many times have you tried to do something that God's told you to do, but you tried to do it your own way? Right? You, you're like, okay, God, I heard your promise. I think this is how I'm going to work it out. And so you do that, and guess what you do? You get yourself in a heap of trouble. If we ever try to get ahead of God or, or kind of, you know what, I don't really totally get it yet, God, what you're trying to tell me here, but here's, this what, I'm, here's what we're going to do. And God's like, no, don't, don't, don't do that. And you go and you do it anyway. And so they, she did this. She said, hey, you know, Abraham, I can't have kids. I can't have kids. I'm old. You know, I'm almost got no teeth. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done with. So if this promise is going to come true, the only way I can see fit is that you can have the maid. And so Abraham, Abraham said, okay. And they had a baby. His name is Ishmael. And y'all, there's a whole other story to that, but we're not going to go there. Okay. But I just want you to know this morning, God is, is wanting you to wait on him Sometimes you, you, you so tend, we have this tendency in our culture to want to make things happen. Matter of fact, it's even, it's even a phrase that you hear all the time. Well, what's going to happen? I don't know. We're going to make it happen. How many, of you, how many of you said that? How are we going to get that house? Well, honey, we're going to make it happen. God's not in the picture, but hey, we're going to make it happen. 
How, how about your How about your place at work? You know, you're you're trying to get some. You're trying to make some money. You're trying to uh, to get a, a new business started, and you just I'm gonna have to make this happen. I don't see anybody else helping me. And so we step into this place of making things happen, and God says, hmm, you leave me out of the picture, you can make it happen, but it won't be like that. I want you to happen. want it to happen for you, because God's got a way, a way better plan. Amen? Amen? So it didn't turn out so well. Uh, she actually hated Hagar. She hated Ishmael. She said, get them out of the house. Now go to Genesis 17, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. In other words, that's God breathed into her name, to Abraham's name, that ha shall be her name. And I will bless her. I will bless her and also give you a son by her. So listen, right before, he had not told them this until now. That's why they were trying to force things. He said, I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she'll, she shall be a mother of nations. Kings, kings of people shall be from her. And then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is nine years old, bear a child? <laughs> I know you've never laughed at God. But we laugh at God. He called you to do something that, you called me to what? I'm not smart enough to do that. Or he called you to do something like, oh, <laughs> God, you must have made a mistake. I can't, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not this or that enough. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God calls you out of your comfort zone. It's like you're just like, God must, I don't know where he was when he decided to call me, but I'm telling you, he must have been out to lunch. <laughs> Abraham was like, fell on his face. Ah! <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> She's 90. Are you kidding me? But we like that scripture, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Except that and that and that. Right? Tell, tell me if I'm, not, if, I, if I'm off. How many of us know that scripture? We quote it. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who give me strength. Right? And it's got to be through Christ. And so God says, okay, I want you to do this. I can do that. What do you mean? <laughs> God, you must. Okay. Do you believe the, the word of God or not? Do you believe you can do all things through Christ? If he calls you to do something, do you believe that he can accomplish it through you? Because if you don't believe that, then you're laughing at him. Okay. Genesis 18. Did you know Genesis 18 happens really close, probably three months after Genesis 17? You have to go back and do the math, but it is. It works. Now, at the beginning of this chapter, God sends three messengers. And I kind of think they represent the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And one of them is, is actually Jesus. You know, Jesus in the Old Testament was called Lord. He showed up in the Old Testament before he showed up on, in the manger. He showed up many times in the Old Testament. And so these three messengers come, and, they, and, and Abraham knows right off, these are not ordinary dudes. He said, let's fix them a meal. Let's get some food in here. Let's go kill a calf. And, and matter of fact, he, he, makes, he tells Sarah, you can start cooking. I'm going to go get the goat. I'm going to get the calf on it, whatever. Make up some bread. We've got to get him a feast. He was really concerned about these three men that was coming to visit with him. 
Because he knew there was something special about it. Have you ever noticed, have you ever had a visitation from God and you're like, ooh, this is something special. You stopped what you were doing and you made time for him. Amen? Okay. So th this is what Abraham's doing. And then they said this in verse 9. Then they said to him, they, okay, the three messengers, they. Then it changes to he. Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, well, here in the tent. And he said, and he said, capital H. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. There were 90 and 100 right then. Well, invest in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. You've got to keep that in mind. She had passed the age of childbearing. Okay? Passed the age. Been through menopause. She'd been through all that. She, she was done. Okay? Passed. That's what that means. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. First, we've got Abraham rolling in the ground laughing. Now, we've got Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? I'm going to just stop right there. I studied that. Do you know what that means? There was pleasure in sex. Okay? God designed it that way for, for couples, married couples. It's supposed to be pleasurable. And so she's 90. She's like, I'm thinking she hadn't had pleasure. And why? I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> why are you? Now you're laughing. I just thought, why would they put that in there? But there's a reason for that. God's reminding us of that what he's called beautiful and, and sacred. We've, our, our culture has totally screwed it up. Sex is just sex. We don't have to be married. We can just live. It. Listen, God made it beautiful. He made it holy. He made it pure. Come on, church. Let's get back to purity. She said, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. <laughs> She knew what Abraham was like. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? I, I love these conversations. Why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Now look at verse 14. Y'all need to highlight this verse in your Bible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That was a rhetorical question. He's like, nothing's too hard for God. What do you mean it's because you're old? You think God can still work in your life? You think God can't still do miracles through you just because you're a little older than somebody else? Do you think God puts a limit on your age and says, well, now you're done? Is there a retirement as Christians? Is there a time that we just, well, you know what, I'll live my Christian life. I'm, I'm getting my, pay, my Social Security. I guess I don't have to do anything else. Listen, that's hogwash. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. It, how many of you have lied to God before? She's sitting there lying to the, the, to the Lord. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. <laughs> and it's almost like, did too? No, didn't. Did too? No, it didn't. Because God comes back and he says, but you did laugh. <laughs> you did laugh. So he's calling her out on her little, hmm. I think what he's saying to Sarah is, Sarah, I know this sounds impossible. And I understand that you're like caught off guard a little bit, but hey, nothing's too hard for me. See, that's some of you this morning. You, you, you feel like that I can't, this is too hard. It may be too hard for you, but it's not too hard for God. 
Okay? He says, according to the time of life, is there anything too hard for God? At the appointed time, somebody needs to hear this today because there is strength when you learn to wait on the Lord. Your faith is increased if you will learn to truly wait on the Lord. We all know this scripture, many of you do, uh, from Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord what shall what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, grow faint. Listen, when, when we learn to wait on God and we don't get ahead of Him and we start hearing, even though it sounds crazy, sounds impossible, and you want to run and try to, try to make something happen, God just says, settle down. It's going to happen, but I've got an appointed time for you. In the time of your life, it's going to happen. See, some of you have not re realized the dream that God's put in your heart yet. Don't give up on it. The appointed time is still there. He's still got a time for your life. He's got a season for you to step into. Maybe you haven't stepped into yet. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves, both of you among the churches of God, listen to this, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. How many of you are going through some, in, some uh, tribulations this morning? Come on, lift your hands. Some of you are going through some trials this morning. God would tell you, Stick it out. Stay the course. Be in, endure. St stay the course. Don't, don't, don't deviate from the plan. If God has called you, He is going to bring you to that place, but don't give up on God because He's not going to give up on you. Luke 137, when, remember when Mary was told she was going to have the child? Some big things always happen when the child's coming, right? Y'all heard that this morning. For with God, the angel told Mary, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Say, as he had said. Has he told you he's going to do something for you? Of course he has. It's all through his word. And he did exactly what he said he would do. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Do you know how many years it was from the day the promise to Abraham to the day that Isaac was born? It was like 25 years. 25 years. We don't want to wait 25 minutes. We don't. We don't want to wait 25 weeks. We don't want to wait 25 months. We want it now. And they waited 25 years. And Abraham was a man of faith. He was faithful the whole time. Sarah, even though they didn't, sometimes they were like, what are we going to do next? God says, I've got you. Abraham, I've got you. Sarah, I've got you. Stay with me. We're going to get there. It may take a while, but we're going to get there. See, some of you, you know why you're still not where God wants you? You're not to that place where you recognize the dream come true? Because God's still refining you and preparing you for that time when that dream is going to come true. Some of you are just not ready for it yet. You couldn't handle it. And God says, I'm still refining you. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. We're going to get there. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. Also, he, put it, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. God knows the beginning and the end. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. You don't know the end. You may know, we think we know the beginning, 
Because, well, I know when I was born. No, you don't even know that because he knew you before you were born. So the beginning, way, it goes way before you were born. It goes generations before you were born. God already knew. He already had written a book for you of your, of your life. And he knows how it's going to end. You don't know, but here's what he's calling you to do. You keep following him. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. He's the one writing the book. You just got to agree with the author. Amen? So the second part of Hebrews 11, believe it or not, we're almost done. 11, second part of Hebrews 11. And she bore a child when she was past the age. A couple of things I want you to see there because we've already talked about this quite a bit. But we see the grace of God here that God allowed Sarah to bring in a surrogate. Think about it. There's a grace there, wasn't there? How many times have you messed up and God said, it's okay, I got you. Come on, can I get a witness? I know I preempted you. I know I shouldn't have, I should have waited, but I didn't. God says, okay, just repent. You're still, I haven't given up on you. We still got this thing going. We still got the dream coming. So he, he, he exudes grace into her life. And, and then also we see the patience of God here, even when Sarah and Abraham laughed at him. He says, I... I'm not giving up on you. He's slow. He's slow to anger. He's full of, he's full of patience, isn't he? Man, he has to be patient with you, Joe. You know what I'm talking about. He's been patient with you, hadn't he, Lorenzo? Have you always got it right? I always, see, if you sit on the front row, you're just going to get picked on. Mike, has he always been, has he always been faithful to you, Mike? Even when you weren't? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to get somebody down here now. <laughs> this is what God wants to do this morning. And this may sound a little weird, but hey, that's just who I am. <laughs> God wants to impregnate you with renewed hope this morning. He wants to plant that seed of hope. And if you will receive that seed of hope, faith will start to grow. He wants to plant that seed that brings the hope of rekindle and rekindle the dreams that you've allowed that, that dream to die in you. He wants to he wants to impregnate you. Listen to me. Listen to me. He wants to impregnate you, believers in this room, with new adventures in life. New adventures. Say new adventures. New adventures. He, he wants you to quit thinking that whatever you've done, that's enough. He's, never, he's not satisfied with your enough. He is not satisfied with your enough because he's way more than your enough. We kind of come to the end. Well, I think I've accomplished. Mary Lou, you know, we've been doing this for 23 years. And, you know, I want to be 75 in five years. And I think 75, we just, we just let this thing die and pass it on. And God, God didn't tell me I could do that. He, he just didn't. He may one day, he may say, 75, that's good, Harold, you're done. <laughs> I don't know. But he's called me to be faithful until he's changed the plan. Or he's changed the direction. But he's called you the same way. 
So I bless you to be to have a renewed hope this morning, new adventures, rekindle dreams, and those can only happen when you do one thing, and it's exercise faith. The last part of eleven says, "Because she, Sarah, judged him faithful, God who had promised." You know, it kind of seems funny that he, the writer of Hebrews, would say that Sarah judged God faithful, but there are really a better word for that—that that she deemed him faithful she trusted his promises and because of that she was able to conceive a child i know we make it's kind of funny to think of a hundred year old man and a 90 year old woman and it it, it is it's kind of comical humorous whatever you want to want to think about it but at some point abraham and sarah had to say if we really believe this promise, we're going to go to the tent. And we're going to do something about it. Are you hearing me? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is just a belief system. Abraham, do you believe me? Yeah, God, I believe you. I know I'm old, but okay, God. Sarah, do you believe me? Yeah, I believe you. I, I know I laugh, but I believe you. So, God, you've got to do something. No. See, that's where we want God to do something. Yeah. See, we want to, oh, i got a prophetic word. Oh, God's called me to, what? Oh, that's awesome. A prophetic word. And so I'm going to go park myself, and I'm going to wait for the prophetic word to happen. People do that. And God says, faith without works is dead. You've got to get to the tent. You've got to make some whoopee here. You've got to do something. I know that sounds funny, but some of you are still waiting to do, you're waiting on God to do something, but he's waiting on you to do something. He's waiting for you to get out of the boat and step onto the water. He's waiting for you to climb down from, see, even on the Mount of Transfiguration, there, uh, Paul was, I mean, Peter and James and John, Peter was like, let's build a tabernacle, let's help God out here. And God said, Jesus said, no, that's not what we're here for. Jesus said, well, I've got to go to the cross now. Peter said, no, 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 we're going to protect you. And Jesus, Jesus said, no, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You can't fix this. This is about what I've got to do. And so God says to you, you've got to do something because if you're just going to sit there like a bump on the log and expect God to move in your life, he's not going to do it until you're moving first. That's what faith is. It's stepping into the unseen. Does that make sense to anybody? And I've told you this before, and I'm not, listen, this isn't about me. I, I, I knew that when God called me, and like Eunice said, he's called my name. I knew when he called me, I knew what he called me to do. But I had to do it. We had to do that. We had to sell stuff. We had to move. We had to start something. We had to, we had to rent the city auditorium, didn't we, Kristen? We, just, we had to rent it. We just couldn't show up someday. We had to do some things. And God says, now, and God said, I don't, got, I don't have a backup plan for you, Harold. I don't, got, I don't got a Hagar back there. I don't got an Ishmael back there. I just got what I've called you to do. You better be faithful to do it. 
And I didn't have, I just, I didn't know. I, I was just like, okay, God. See, I figured that if God said it and he promised it, he was faithful to perform it. But he said, you got to do some things. It just It's not going to happen. Look, we can talk all day about, oh, we love the poor people and we really want, God bless you. But know what? you know what we had to do? We had to put in a food pantry. We have to write some checks. We have to do some things. I don't know what you're waiting for this morning, but this message is for those of you that are still sitting and you're not acting on the thing that God's called you to act on. You've waited, you've waited, you've waited, but you're not waiting on the Lord. You're, God's waiting on you. Did you stand this morning?